Welcome back to the Diary of a CEO, installments of April to September and what a couple of months it has been personally for Rach, but also for Different. There are a lot of big changes afoot for Different and Rachel and whatever platform you're listening to. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back. This is July to the end of September. The last one was pretty crazy. This time around, I think we, I, I mean, just go, Rach. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case we thought the last one was a bit crazy, um, I would say the last quarter has been absolutely monster. Um, and, and if I kick off with some of the positive things in the last quarter, um, I always like to, to start positive. We're in a really great place in way of our bidding um, and our success rate with bidding. So I talked earlier this year about the fact that Randall had our head of growth, had gone over to help NHSX um, with, the, um, with the initial um, COVID situation earlier this year. Uh, and of course that put back our kind of growth strategy and plans a wee bit. Um, and when Randall came back, we agreed a quite a scientific approach to bidding. Um, and you know, that's a, in a lot of ways controversial for, for sales, but I had a, a deep belief um, that it was the right approach. Uh, so we sat tight um, and, and let that kind of ride through for, for a number of weeks and months. Um, and I'm delighted to share that um, we're kind of tracking a four out of four at the minute. So the last four deals that we've gone for, uh, we've won. And I think that's not just a, a Randall effort, but that's a um, kind of the, 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 the team across growth and the team across different. So we've put much more structure about how we approach those. Um, once we get through the 100 word bit, we're normally flying, but where we've caught a bit of a cold uh, in the probably the previous six to nine months was that 100 word piece. So uh, you know, absolutely delighted. Um, we have picked up some, um, a couple of uh, additional pieces of work. We, uh, we also landed a strategic piece for DEFRA, working with Janet Hughes on the Future Farming Programme. And then most recently, Planning Inspectorate, which is a, a big piece of work with Paul Moffat and team. Uh, and it's about fundamentally redesigning the planning process for individuals. So uh, we're kickstarting that one in October and, and just, you know, good, really, really good news. Of course, over the last six months, all of that has changed. So we haven't pitched face-to-face -face in the last six months. So every one of these pitches has been remote. And again, that's also been a bit of a learning curve for us in how we how we approach things. Yeah, and I mean, these are some really great things. One thing that you, you've not really mentioned yet, but is pretty huge for different, is the acquisition. Uh, yeah, the acquisition is absolutely great news. And, and I guess um, I, I kind of, I've had some really weird scenarios as I've gone through this process. What I mean by that is some of the phrases I've used to describe how I feel, I think it's a bit like having a baby, not that I've had one, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to caveat that. 
But but it's it's more that the pain of going through due diligence just drove me crazy. I I felt like my eye was off the ball on how the company was running. I kind of felt that I was spending a lot of time looking at spreadsheets and legal documents because I was. And I, uh, yeah, I just, I found it really hard. And, and the guys at Panoply were really candid. It was going to be a bit of a nightmare as we went through it. But I, you know, I'm doing a, I'm buying a new house at the minute. And that is literally like a walk in the park compared to the due diligence of selling a company. So I, I, you know, I'm absolutely delighted about the Panoply acquisition. I'd spent probably 12 months uh, talking to various companies who were interested in buying different. And the overriding view for me was that Panoply were the, the best cultural fit for the team at different right from the outset. Um, and I think, you know, the values are, are kind of heavily aligned in way of what we're trying to go after. Um, you know, user-centered design sits at the heart of everything they do, but, but they also have a real ambition to go and rattle the cage of the big boys and, and kind of, you know, really push forward that desire to build better public services and make sure that it's maximum impact for the citizen. And that's absolutely in line with, uh, with, with what we're doing at Different. So, yeah, I guess I, I keep banging on about the due diligence, um, but it is a bit like having a baby, I reckon. Do you know what I mean? It's like the exciting part now. Uh, we're into the new, the new world, the new opportunity. Mm. And, and Neil describes it as a, as a movement. Um, and for someone who's quite hippie, I, I quite like that. You know, it feels like we have joined, um, but it doesn't feel like an arranged marriage. You know, it doesn't feel like we're getting forced to the bloody yeah. table. It feels like we get in, we have a look at who's doing what, where, we build the relationships and we start to maximise the opportunity for service users, for patients and for citizens. And, and that's, you know, that's all I ever wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, one thing that even flags for me is the, the use of his use of, you know, consistent autonomy, which, you know, every there's always that worry, isn't there, when when you are bought by another company that there is this need to change who you are as a company, whereas we, we haven't felt that, which says that you chose right. Right. <laughs> I sincerely hope so. Um, and, and all the right kind of uh, the right noises and the right moves. And, you know, it's exciting coming into a company that is so young. Um, yeah. And that we, you know, we can we can help uh, mold and influence as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted. And, you know, in the last quarter, we have landed some new business. So we've arrived with a bit of a bang as well, which is, uh, you know, which is is fantastic. I guess some of the other bits that for me over the last few months that have been really positive are around some of the kind of face-to-face -face meetings that I've had with staff. Mm. Now, you know, we are in a pandemic. There's no denying that. You know, for me personally, I'm really social and, and I miss seeing the team. So we've done a couple of physical get-togethers in London and I've done a couple of face-to-face -face meetings actually with clients in the Northeast as well. But, you know, for, for me, it's important. Uh, the senior leadership team got together and had a lunch and, and then, you know, a number of us met in the park in, in Holborn uh, a, a couple of weeks back. 
And I kind of find that stuff lifts me for a couple of days after. It kind of hypes me up. Uh, and it's not just messing around in the park, uh, but it's physically seeing people and bouncing off people. So as much as I'm settling into the rhythm uh, more of working at home, I will always want that kind of face-to-face -face interaction. It energizes people, doesn't it? So I think so. And I think it's, it's that bit... You know, I never went to the office for work anyway. I went for the social. Uh, so I'll probably be, be returning to an office environment for exactly the same reason. There's, there's one other bit that I wanted to mention that, that, that is a good and a positive just before we move on. And I think that for me, that has to be uh, watching Nick and uh, Nicola Carney and Marissa um, at the leadership event for Soccer Team. Actually seeing, um, seeing those two graduate through that programme, being involved with a fantastic remote virtual event that uh, Nadira Hussein led was just incredible. You know, and Nick did a phenomenal kind of speech and, and talked about her journey and her experience. And it, it is those bits for me that are so incredibly important in absolutely everything, everything that we do. So I'm super proud of those two. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick's speech was in incredibly vulnerable and very um, emotion provoking, and and I wasn't I wasn't expecting that at all. It was so good. And Nadira Hussain <laughs> had her on the different talks and over August, and she's quite the powerhouse. So she she absolutely is, and it's funny because Nadira and I have known each other for probably nearly twenty years. So she knew a, a much more, well, I would say moderate version, but probably not. Um, but but I, yeah, we've known each other a long time. And there's something really nice about those long-term friendships and working relationships. Um, as, as, you know, we kind of, we stayed in touch. We've watched each other kind of grow and we both helped each other over the years. It's, it's fab. What hasn't gone quite as well. Yeah, the, the pandemic kind of rages on and um, I'm not, I'm not going to bang on about that, but I I am disappointed that having built and ran the home testing service for the NHS initially, that we didn't manage to get more traction in that space. So the service that we built was an award-winning service, and uh, we we helped you know over a million people get their tests through the home testing service. And we have tried with a number of private sector organisations and the NHS to get some traction with that, but, but that hasn't happened. So I think that's probably a bit of a disappointment for, for me. Uh, that being said, you know, things are, are clearly continuing on. So who knows, that may boomerang back round as an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, on, uh, you know, on, I've talked a bit about the due diligence and I'm probably not going to labour that. But I guess the other bits are me that I found particularly difficult have been uh, personal over the last couple of months. So at the early part of July, my great uncle passed away from COVID-19. And, you know, it was absolutely something that could have been avoided because there was kind of in and out of hospital, in and out of care home. And, you know, he actually contracted it in the bloody corridor of the A&E. And you're kind of thinking, oh, you know, it just could have been avoided. And... I think there's probably a little bit of frustration uh, from me as as well as, you know, more normal uh, and more moderate emotions with a member of your family passing away. I found it incredibly strange attending a funeral during COVID in way of how many people were allowed physically in there. I don't know. I just found the whole process incredibly 
difficult and hard and funerals are always both but mm -hmm. there was something clinical about it because there's no physical interaction with members of the family and that bit i really really found hard so sorry go on well no i was just gonna say you know we with what's happened this pandemic has taken away that connection that maybe we don't always realize we need but have always fundamentally needed which is that face-to-face -face, that actual you know the hugs the the actual skin to skin style things that does it makes it clinical because we can't have that and all of a sudden we're realizing that that is absolutely necessary to to function in a healthy way yeah and i i think that bit i find i just find really hard and you know members of the family who you don't and people always say that you don't get to see everybody unless it's a a funeral or a wedding and yeah, I mean, as, as it was good seeing everybody, but you're seeing from a distance, there's no physical contact, um, and it felt to me like it could have been avoided. So probably some frustration there as well. And kind of following a similar vein, my my cousin was uh, very recently diagnosed with, with a type of cancer that is incredibly rare. I think there's been less than 150 cases of this cancer since 1934. And, and she's, uh, you know, she is a Rachel as well, not just in name, also in personality. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the reality at the minute is there is no known cure for the cancer she has. She's only 18 uh, and we've just done a big round of fundraising to get her onto a trial in the US. And I'm, I'm not sure that I've fully... Uh, appreciated accepted or even understood that mm. but but i kind of watch how rachel is handling it and uh, she's taken to social media and she's talking about how she feels and she is incredibly open she is incredibly yeah. brave and yeah it's just amazing i mean I, I i know for a fact i was not that together at 18. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm incredibly proud of her, uh, which is a really strange thing to say in the current circumstances. I, uh, I, I think just, just changing tack slightly, the other bit uh, for me over the last couple of months uh, is, you know, and there's, there's probably good and bad in this, is that Steve has now left different. So Steve was the founder of the recruitment company before I joined different nearly three years ago. And we've been mates for probably 10, 15 years. And Steve, Steve's role changed over the last three years. And, you know, in the last 12 months, he was playing more of a strategic finance role. But, but still, I, I kind of miss his involvement. And I think I probably miss the personal aspects most, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, so that's that. I'm just getting used to the fact that he's not around. Uh, and so that's, that's a, again, a strange kind of circumstance. From a day-to-day -day perspective, there's not, you know, I'll be, be honest, there's not a huge impact on the running of the business. But I think it's, you know, it's always about the people. And, and that was probably a me motto before it was a different one. Uh, mm. And so there is, there's probably an element of loss there for me with, with Steve being out of the, uh, out of the equation. And he's definitely a character. So, you know, he's in the room. When he's yeah, around. you know, he's in the room and it's not just the cat wearing um, or the, uh, or the creativity in way of jewelry or the pictures behind his head when he's on screen. But uh, yeah, he certainly, uh, he certainly is. So I think in way of kind of focus and, and where I need to focus my, my time in the next three months, I mean, 
I, I kind of mentioned there that in addition to going through the due diligence and selling the company, I'm also buying a new house, which, you know, why would I not be when I've just gone through the most stressful experience of my working career? And so having had 20 years in London, I'm moving out of London and I'm looking forward to it. I think it will be very different and I think it will be a much better quality of life. Mm. Uh, I'm a bit of a sod with how much I like working, so I'm hoping that I find a bit more balance with a uh, with the move. And I, I think from a company perspective, it's all about the hiring for us at the minute. So, you know, we, we need to hire in a lot of permanent talent to come in and support our recent wins. And I'm really keen that we move to a 70-30 in favour of permanent headcount in the next 12 months, which is something that uh, both Zoe and Charmaine are actively supporting. And, and like, we've got to understand, uh, you know, our kind of colleagues and friends at Panoply. So we need to understand the businesses within the Panoply group and start to build those relationships to uh, create better services for government and healthcare. And and I think that needs to be the top priority really for, for me in the next quarter. You know, we've we've got NHS jobs going live. Um, and that is a that's a momentous piece for us. Uh, they were our first big clients, and you know I, I worked on site for BSA for a, quite a period of time at the outset. So I'm very emotionally involved in that one myself. And at the minute, we have 25% of the NHS using that service. But as that goes live later this year, that's really going to ramp up, and and that's absolutely key focus. And, and then we've got a number of new projects that we're kicking off with, with new clients as well across healthcare and central government. With that, um, you've done a lot of speaking events. The fact that they're all on uh, a virtual uh, platform seems to have not slowed you down. And we've already seen you speak at The Yard. We've seen you speak with the MOD. And we've, you know, you've got GovTech Summit panel that you'll uh, you'll be attending uh, shortly as well. So we've been talking a lot about diversity and stuff. Is that still going to be your focus when you're out and about? Yeah, I think um, I think you're you're right. So I love the public speaking. I wasn't sure how it would play out during a pandemic. Um, I've taken very much to the uh, virtual events, and I'm starting to learn how to read the room remotely. And I have no doubt that's probably toned down a little bit of, of how I come across. So, you know, as soon as this pandemic's over, I'm looking for a massive event in the flesh. But the reality at the minute is we've all got to stay safe and we are finding ways to do these things differently. So uh, diversity and inclusion, particularly important subject for me. I've spoken a lot about leadership as well recently. I did a, an event for Ministry of Defence with, with those guys. And I just loved it. I would say that's probably one of the toughest set of questions I've ever had in my working career. Um, and I really enjoyed that kind of quick fire, absolutely relentless nature of that. And, and you know, you're, you're right. The conversations about healthcare, health tech are continuing and very lucky to be invited to join Matt Hancock on an event next week that FutureGov are sponsoring. And, and so, you know, be very keen to kind of debate some of the challenges and opportunities that, that we have in the health tech space. So I, I think for me, I've done more public speaking in this year than I've ever done in my life. 
And I absolutely want to continue on and, and do that. And I, you know, a lot of the events are varied. Uh, and what I mean by that is I spoke to Yard Digital last week about my kind of journey from start from corporate to startup to sale. And I think the one thing they have in common is it's people talking to people. And that's me. That's and I'm stating the bleeding obvious there. But people are most interested in people and people mm -hmm. being real and being authentic and not trying to rock up looking super polished. I mean, that's obviously never going to happen and, and sounding super polished either. So I think that kind of being, being real, being authentic, people can relate better to that. And I, I know for me, when I was kind of growing up through the workplace, a lot of the role models I had, I couldn't entirely relate to because they were substantially more conservative than me. Now that's still the case and probably always will be, but I, I expect that that is changing. That's changing, you know, the IT to digital, that's changing the real world to current pandemic. All of those things are having quite a fundamental impact, but yeah, I, you won't be able to keep me away from the public speaking, whether it's remote or, or in person, I'll be, uh, I'll be right up for it. In, yes, in fact, we know already you've got the GovTech Summit uh, with Mac Hancock um, in the next week. You'll be joining Plexal online for a Women's Business Hour, and I can see much more coming into the diary. And are you able to, is your focus to be able to manage those things? Because public speaking is quite energetic. So I, yeah, I mean, it's a really good question that one of the things that I've learned over time is for an hour before and an hour after not to have anything else in the diary because I get kind of sky high and, and that's, you know, that's just understanding yourself a bit better, but, but I, I like it a lot. And so it definitely will remain a priority. But I think I want to be really good when I'm doing it. So I don't want to try and run five events a week. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, that wouldn't be doing anybody uh, any benefit, least of all me. So I, I think the subjects that are really close to, you know, my heart around diversity and inclusion, around kind of imposter syndrome, around leadership, uh, and, you know, telling my journey is, is just an absolute pleasure. So if that helps anybody in any shape, way or form, then, you know, I'm absolutely delighted to do that. Brilliant. Okay. You know, we've covered quite a lot and I'm sure there could be a whole lot more that we could discuss. But if we were to leave it there, could you maybe sum up in a sentence? I know this can be impossible sometimes. Your feelings for the, the next couple of months? That's a, a really good question. <clears throat> and for somebody who is innately positive, the wider situation worries me right now. And that's not just the political situation, but I think the pandemic and the healthcare uh, issues that we're having in the UK and globally. So I think for me, I'd sum it up by saying, stay safe and be a bit more cautious than usual. It's gonna be a rough ride for the next six months. All right. Thanks very much.